Well, I'm excited. I love preaching. You guys know that. I love being up uh, and being able to share uh, from the Word. And uh, I gave Stephen a hard time because as they were kind of doling out what we were preaching on, they gave me joy, and then they gave him, like, suffering and grief and depression. <laughs> and I said, don't take it personal, man. It's okay. But I love it. I, I love being up here. I'm excited to teach about joy. Uh, it's funny because every time I feel like I teach, I feel like there's something that happens that week that I always have a story to share for you because people are like, oh, you know, you need to do stories when you preach. And I feel like every week of my life, there's always something that comes up that I'm like, oh, I get dumb about that. This this last week, uh, we live, I don't know if you uh, know me that, that well, but uh, I live out in the country with one of the families here at Bethany Church with the Freeze family. And uh, one of the awesome things about living in the country is you don't have uh, some of the same services as you do, like, living uh, in the city. So, you know, we're on well water, you know, we have our own septic, you know, all these kind of things. And uh, this last week, uh, we had the opportunity uh, to learn what it was like to live without water for a couple of days. And so, you know, at first you're like, oh, it's kind of an adventure, you know, like, you know, turn it on, turn it off, you know, like you're brushing your teeth, you know, you're doing things really, really fast so that, you know, you have enough water for things. And at first it's kind of fun. It's like, you know, we got this, you know, and, you know, and then you come into church and like there's running water everywhere and you're like, it's a miracle, you know, like it's like you really appreciate things, you know, and, uh, and as the, the time was going on the first day, it was really fine. And then as the days go on, it gets a little bit less and less fun. As you, you can't do certain things, you know, like uh, shower, flush your toilet, you know, things that we take for granted and, and we start, you know, getting a little bit grumpy. I don't know about you, but for me, it's, you know, like I usually, initially, I, I do really well, you know, like I'm like, oh, this is fine, it's an adventure, it's fun, but then as it goes on, you know, I kind of get a little bit cranky and, you know, like, oh, I wish I could wash the dishes or, uh, you know, like we were uh, redoing Callista's room because she just got married and so we're like, we're going to redo her room and and so I'm about, like, I, bought, I went to Home Depot and I bought all the supplies and, you know, like, I was so excited because I'm like, what are we, you know, what are we going to do? And then I'm about to like start and Deb was like, uh, I wouldn't do that. And I was like, why not? We're ready to go. And she's like, there's no water, you know, like how are you going to clean up? And I was like, no, you know, and, and I, I just got like so frustrated and, and this is just a small thing, you know, this isn't even a big thing. This is a small thing. There's, there's things that happen in our life that are, are much harder than that. A lot of us are going to go through financial things in our life where it's like, you know, like bills are coming. You know, or we're, we've overextended ourselves, or, or about 10 years ago, a lot of people lost their homes. That's a real thing that happens in people's lives. A lot of us have um, health issues that are coming up, you know, that, that are either lifelong, you know, like uh, um, Deb has um, lupus, and that's something that she deals with on a daily thing. That, that's, that's a part of her life now. There's different people uh, that, that find out that they're diagnosed with cancers or different things that are really difficult and really hard. In life as humans, we have a lot of broken relationships, either within our family or maybe within our marriage, with our kids or, or with our friends. This is just a part of our everyday life. And we recognize that these things are just so difficult. And the thing about it is sometimes Christians, we get a little bit weird about it. And I wanted to warn us because I don't want us to be the weirdies. You know, like this is something that's very, this is close to my heart. I was like, let us not be the weird Christians. You know, this is, this is important. And, and sometimes when people are going through things, we want to automatically get them to the happy. You know, we want to be like, but, you know, but God is good and things are great. And we want to get them, like, through the grief as fast as possible, you know. And, and so we do dumb things like this. We, we start quoting verses at them and we're like, rejoice in the Lord always. 
rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. But, oh, and we're Mennonites. Rejoice in the Lord. Always rejoice. And oftentimes we try to get people, you know, through these hard times and, and we want to get them to joy and happiness because God is, is, is all of these things. He is joy and he is, you know, this, this great thing. But sometimes as Christians, we just want to quote things at them and like get people to that place. Like, don't you know? And the hard part is, I don't know if you guys know, but when we're going through things, the very last thing I want for someone is to come up to me and be like, rejoice always. Like I, in my head, I'm not rejoicing. I'll tell you that. Like, but I got to repent for things that I think, um, and that's real. Uh, and, and we have to remember that there's other verses that are in the Bible that talk about, uh, you know, sadness and misery and grief. Record my misery, list my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? We have to be okay with people being in different places and having different emotions. You know, we, we're going through all of these different kinds of emotions. You know, Stephen uh, started with depression and sadness. We talked about fear and courage last week. And now we're going to be talking about joy is that wherever people are at, it's okay. We need to allow people to be where they're at, wherever you're at. If it's in joy, man, be joyful. If it's just, you know, like, I'm okay, you know, like, then be there. It's okay to start there. Everyone needs to be allowed to start wherever they're at, in whatever emotion, in whatever place that they're at. We need to allow people to be there, and that's okay. So what we're going to do is, is we're going to look at this verse. This is the verse I gave you guys for the week. And it's out of Romans 15. And it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. So Stephen had started with, you know, going through these difficult times and then getting into hope. That we can look ahead and know that there are things are coming. And then for me, what I want to do then is if, if you're in a place of hope and you want to get filled with joy, you know, what does that look like? How do we move from this place of hope into this place of joy and this place of peace and this place that God has for us in in, in the eternal? You know, because when we get to heaven, I, f- I feel like joy is kind of the thing. You know, I don't, I don't know about you, but everything that I've read about it, it seems like a really great place. And it seems like that there's just joy everywhere. You know, they're always singing and walking on golden streets. You know, like it seems like a very, like, great place. I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to get into the very presence of God and hang out with him and I have a million questions which I don't even know if I'll even care about then but I'm really excited to to maybe ask him you know and to just spend time with him I can't wait and so I feel like okay if we're supposed to get to joy at the end why can't we engage with that now because it says kingdom come thy will be done now and so if joy is all about heaven then we need to have some of it here because that's the very nature of God but one thing that we need to to look at and I started as I was like you know, I was, I do weird things when I'm preaching, and so I just start, like, walking up to people and asking them questions, you know, like, what do you think about happiness? What do you think about joy? And, you know, and then you get all these kind of crazy answers, but I was like, I realized that there is such a big difference between happiness and joy, and so that's one thing we're going to talk about today, so the huge difference between happiness and joy, because I think that sometimes we, we look at happiness and we think that it's joy. You know, we look at this and we're like, oh, I'm so joyful and I'm so this and this. And and really what what it is is you're actually happy, which isn't a bad thing. Like, I don't want you guys to be like, hello, everyone. You know, like, that's not, that's not what I want for you. I want you to be happy. But what I really want for you guys is to have joy because it's so much better than happiness. It's so much better. So let's look at that. So, you know, one of the big things about the United States is, you know, life, liberty, and 
the pursuit of happiness, right? It's, it's in, it's in our very creeds, you know, like our whole thing in, in America and in other countries is we want to pursue happiness. We want people to have the opportunity to build a life where they can be content. You know, so, you know, for a lot of times the American dream is, you know, you get in the house and, and you're getting a job where you're making enough money that you, you know, you can get the things that you want. You get married, you have some kids, everyone needs to get a dog. Like, this is the American dream. I was going to put two and a half kids, but then it looked weird, so I didn't put that because that was the average. But, you know, that this is, you know, we pursue these things. So our life is then, you know, we have this vision and this dream. For some people, it's like, if I could just get this job, you know, like, not everyone can have my job. I'm sorry, I know. But, you know, like, whatever it is, you know, you find that job or that thing that you get so excited about, and you're like, I'm going to pursue this, and I'm going to have this vision and this dream. And those are all good things. I want people to have vision and dreams and goals. And, and what we then do is, is we take our whole lives and we pursue these things with everything that we have. And when we get there, we get to happiness. Oh, if I could just get the house and the job and, and, you know, get married and have this cute puppy and have these kids, then I'm going to be happy. And, you know, the thing is, a lot of people are. And that's a good thing. You know, it's good that, you know, we find these things that we find happy. I hope you're happy in your marriages. I hope you like your kids. You know, like, these are these are good things. You know, I hope you like coming to church. Like, you know, like, I want you to be happy. These things are not bad things. And it's good to be happy in these things. You know, like, I, when I get to preach, I am very, like, stoked all the week. I get super nervous, but I'm also very excited to come and be able to do this. You know, so I, I love it. I, I find happiness in a lot of things. But the problem is once we attain these things, a couple of things can then happen. We're either pursuing them constantly and then we get there. And, and maybe a lot of people are like, oh, I am happy. I love my life. And that's awesome. I want you to. But what happens if you get there and you realize it's not everything that you wanted? In this verse in Ecclesiastes, it said, I denied myself Nothing, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. Now, this isn't everyone's experience, but I think that there are a lot of us that have gotten to some dream or some goal or something, and it wasn't as fulfilling as we thought it would be. You know, we're like, oh, if I just did this or I just did this. And you get there and you realize it just wasn't exactly what you wanted. You know, you thought, oh, man, I thought this was going to be more. I thought I would feel different. You know, and you get there and you realize that it wasn't everything that you thought it was going to be. And then there's the other part of it in this where you get to happiness and you've achieved all of these things. But then you notice that in these pictures, in these pictures... In these pictures. There we go. <laughs> Thanks, Stuart. Stuart has a blank screen, so he's doing everything off of my cues. You're doing awesome, man. That things begin to fade. Because everything in this life is temporary. Nothing in this life, whether it's family even, or, you know, or a job or anything, or, or whatever it is, even health. Nothing is going to last you perfectly through the entirety of your life. Nothing is. So what happens if you, you've achieved all this happiness and then things start to degrade? 
things start to fade away. And so, you know, like the, the dog gets older and dies, you know, or, you know, maybe the marriage didn't work out or, you know, you know, when all the housing happened, you lost your house. Now, are, you know, how are you feeling? If your happiness has been based on this dream and this vision and this certain life, and now these things are going away, what's happening to your happiness? It's starting to fall as well, right? And we start to lose this happiness and then we can either choose to pursue new dreams and try to get back to happiness or or we just feel sad because we've lost all these things and we get really disappointed and we get angry. And the thing about this is when we we look at loss and we think that, uh, you know, that, you know, we're just sad, we move into these things where we become disappointed or angry with God. We look at all these things and we're like, God, how did, why did you take this from me? How could you allow this to happen? You know, because we placed all of these positive feelings and all of all of this energy and all of these things on building this awesome life that we've created, you know, and then when when we begin to lose these things, we start to blame God. Well, why did you let this happen? You could have done this. Why didn't you do this? You know, and, and we have this disappointment and we have this anger. And there are times, let me be honest with you, that I have had long sessions with the Lord where I have told him everything that I'm angry about, everything that I'm disappointed with. And I want to just give permission to people right now. You can be totally and completely honest with the Lord. All right, some people are like, don't ever say anything negative to Jesus. And I was like, he already knows what I'm thinking. Like, it's not like, oh, let me just not say that, you know. He already knows. So it's better to be honest with the Lord and get it out and be like, God, I'm really angry. I'm really disappointed. I'm really whatever. And get it out and be honest because that's when he's really going to be able to work through things. So we have to look at these disappointments and this anger with God, which I have been there many, many, many times. And I love Jesus, man. I just love God a ton. But I get here a lot. God, I don't understand. I don't know why this is happening. And the problem is, I think that we've done it because we have substituted happiness for joy. And we blame God for something that we chose. He never said the things that we build in this world are going to be the things that you need to invest in. If anything, he says about Christians, this is not your world, it's in the next. You're not created for this place. And a lot of times, we, you know, we, we forget that God himself said these things are meaningless. These things are all going to pass away. Not that, you know, like, I'm not saying like your family's meaningless. Don't take that, you know. But but pursuing these above God and what he has is meaningless in comparison. You know, sometimes we put all of these things, and they're good things, especially relationships. Because God, you know, love God, love people. These are like the two big things, you know what I'm saying? These are the big things of Christianity. Love God, love people. So it's not that people are meaningless, but in comparison to what God has, if we put all of our stock and all of our happiness in what's going on around us, of course we're going to be disappointed. And even Jesus in the Bible over and over says, you're going to be disappointed. This is going to fail you. But we still do it. And the sad part is we blame God for when it doesn't go well. God, you did this. Why? Why did you allow this? And he's like, I told you it was going to fail. I'm not taking that from you. I'm not trying to harm you. These things just fail. That's just the reality of this world. It's broken. It's messed up. That's the reality. It's not God taking from you. It's not God trying to harm you. God is not angry with you. He's not punishing you. He just said these things will fail you. So when we base our happiness on all of these things that are going to fail, we need to recognize that's not God doing it. 
He's not looking at you trying to take things from you and to take your happiness. He says, I don't even want happiness for you. I want joy for you. Let's look at Matthew uh, 6.25. It says, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. There should be a difference between those that don't know who God is and those who know God. Anyone that doesn't know who God is, they talk about, you know, dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. They, they don't have hope in this because they're, all they have is what is around them. They're like, you know, what I make of my life is what it is. That's where my value comes from. But as believers, we recognize that we serve this heavenly father. And some of us have bad dads. So if that's a bad thing for you, think of just a good God. Like if whatever that in your mind, this, this positive God that just loves you unconditionally, that, that cares about you, that sees you, that knows you, that's who this is. That's the guy that is looking at you and taking care of you. That is the one that's doing it. So as believers, we know, or I hope that you know, if you don't listen to this very carefully, that God knows everything about your needs, and he will fulfill all of the needs that you have. But you have to do it his way. You have to do it with him. And that's the hard part for a lot of us. Because I got this, this sermon title, and I love Brian, but I couldn't, I couldn't ask him what he meant with it because I didn't agree with it at all. He said it was joy in everything. And I was like, I hate that title. And so I changed it. Um, and so I put joy in everything question mark because I was like, I don't think that this is true. It's not about having joy in everything because I'll tell you what, I did not have joy in not showering. You know, I did not have joy in, in not being able to do the things I wanted to do this week. I didn't. I didn't. I'm being, let me just confess. Amen. Amen. You know, but I did have joy in the midst of everything. And that's the big difference. That's the difference between God and not God. Not God is your happiness is going to go up and down based on the circumstances in your life. Joy in God is that it does not matter what your life is doing. It doesn't matter the things that are going on around you. You have joy because it has been given to you as a gift from God himself. That is the big difference. Joy is something that is happening in the entirety of our lives. Every single part of our life. There we go. Every single part of our life is filled with joy. And it's not that these things bring you joy. Money does not bring me joy. Bills do not bring me joy. People under five don't, don't bring me joy. <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. I'm just being real. You know, broken relationships don't bring me joy. But I'll tell you what, even though these things don't bring me joy, if you if you know me at all, you know that I just have a lot of joy in the midst of things. I may not know how to communicate with a three-year-old, but I'll sure laugh at them when I'm like, I don't know what to do with you. You know, like, I find a lot of joy in that. Like, I just... There's a lot of circumstances, you know, where I'm, I'm like, you know, I've hurt myself and I'm just laughing because I'm like, what is going on? You know, like, I just have this, this exuberant joy that God has given me. And I know it's a gift. And I know that not everyone has the gift the same that I do. So I don't expect people to act the way that I do all the time. 
Because I know that what I have is a gift. I know that it's something that God has given me, and he's given you something else. But for me, joy is in the midst of everything. And it doesn't mean that I walk around every single day and I'm just happy and joyful all the time. You know, before, <laughs> I'll tell a quick story. So while we were at uh, the, pa- we did a pastor's conference. And so all the pastoral staff went um, to Arizona. And there is a one-hour time difference between California and Arizona. And so we get there and the next morning, Brian's like, all right, we're going to meet in the lobby at 8.15 a.m. And I was like, oh, no. Because I start work usually about 8.39 o'clock right in there. And so I was like, that, that means it's 7.15 our time. And if you know me, this is not my prime time. And so I get up and I was like, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to do it. So I got up and I was like, went to breakfast. I had a cup of coffee and I sat down and I think, like in my head, I'm thinking, okay, like I feel normal-ish. You know, like I feel like we could do this. You know, I'm pumping myself up, getting myself ready for socialization and the pastors to come. And as soon as Brian comes out, he like walks by me and then he stops and he looks at me. And then he comes, just so sweet, just comes out and just puts his, are you okay? Like, (laughs) I was like, oh no, I tried so hard. But you know, there's just, there's just times that we don't feel it. And I, I personally struggle with depression as well. So there's times in my life where clinically I am depressed. Where I don't feel happy, I don't feel positive things. You know, it's just, it's just part of my life. And that's where I have to go back to Stephen's thing. Okay, I, I live in hope until I can get to hope. And then, Lord, I pray for joy, I can get to joy. Like, it's a process. Getting to all of these things are a process. And I think that's why people don't, uh, seek joy as much as they seek happiness. Happiness seems like a more tangible thing. You know, like, well, if I do this, 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 and this, I'll be happy. So you know what you need to do, you create your plan, you get to happiness, you know, like you can do it. But joy is so much easier and harder at the same time. Joy comes in, in Galatians, it talks about, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The only way to get joy, the only way to get real joy in the midst of everything is through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces joy. You can work on happiness in your life, sure, but that's going to be based on your life and it's going to go up and down and things are going to change it. But if you want real joy in your life, you can only get it through the Holy Spirit. He's the only one that produces it. True joy is only produced. Isn't that just real joy right there? See, I don't even like those little ones, but they're... But they're funny. You know, so if I walk by and I just pet your kid, I like them. I just don't want to hold them. You know, true joy is only produced by the Holy Spirit. And the hard part is, is it's hard for us to let it go and say, there's nothing I can do to produce this in myself. I'm much of, I'm a doer and I'm a fixer. I love to fix things. You know, help people fix their problems, fix things in the house. Like, I just like to fix. It's just, it's my thing. I like to fix. So joy is hard because it's not about me fixing something or doing something or pursuing something. It's about me literally spending time with the Holy Spirit. That's it. You want joy, you want peace, you want faithfulness, all those different things. It's literally about spending time with the Holy Spirit. And that's kind of weird because I think that the Holy Spirit is something that we don't often talk about as much because it's it's kind of like the third part of God that we're less comfortable with, you know? Like we talk about Jesus a lot. 
God the Father, you know, but the Holy Spirit. And, and the thing about it is when Jesus left, you know, he went up, you know, he died, did the whole thing, you know, buried three days, resurrected. When he left, he's like, it's better that I go because I'm going to send you a gift. And that was the Holy Spirit. And the great thing about the Holy Spirit is it can be ever-present. So instead of just being Jesus in one location and being like Jesus walking around doing his thing, the Holy Spirit can actually engage everyone at the exact same time. Which is the very cool thing. And so we have this Holy Spirit that is engaging in people's lives. And so every single one of us at every single moment of our lives has an opportunity to spend time with him. So to get to joy, we're spending time with the Holy Spirit. And how do we spend time with God? A lot of different ways. One of the main ways that we communicate with God is through prayer. And we think of it as, you know, like some people when they hear the word prayer, it's like, you know, our Father who art in heaven. You know, and that is a great prayer. It said, this is how we should pray. That is an awesome prayer. And that's one way we should absolutely pray. But other ways to pray are just simply like one word sentences. So if, if I if I don't have joy in my life, like if I'm going through depression or I'm struggling with something, a lot of times I don't have a lot to say. I don't, you know, which is rare, but there are times... That I don't have a lot to say. And so sometimes I just wake up and all I say is just joy. That's all I got for him. That's it. I am in such a bad spot. All I say is joy. And then I just go on with my day. And there's times when, you know, like every morning, joy, joy, joy. You know, you seek it. You pray. You ask God. You're spending time with him. Or for me, like one of the ways that I I feel like I experience God and I hear him the most clearly is like through worship. So I love Christy. Where's Christy at? Somewhere around here? You're around. Hey, there we go. Like, I just love worship, man. You know me. I love it. I dig it. You know, worship today, like at the beginning, it was a little bit, you know, we're getting there. And then all of a sudden, everybody engaged. I don't know if you guys heard that or experienced that. But like, probably into the second song, then everybody started singing. And this whole, the whole room changed. And I could feel that, you know, okay, God, you're moving in a different way right now. He's always moving, so you don't have to be like, be here. He's already here. He's like, check, did it, you know, but uh, I love this side note. You don't need to, you know, holy, you know, you don't say, God, come. God is here. So when you pray, go ahead and skip that part and just move on to, God, would you work in this way? Just go ahead and move on to the second part. He's here. He's good. He's active. Good job. You know, so, uh, you know, so when we're worshiping, I, I hear him so clearly. And so when I'm worshiping, I'm, I'm praying as I'm worshiping, you know, and, and I'm praying, you know, as I'm, I'm about to get up here, I'm like, God, give me joy. Give me, give me words. Give me the things that you want to say. Because every time I practice this sermon, it's different because I really, I just have slides. I just have pictures of slides and then that's how I preach off of. So I never know what I'm going to say, you know, so for better, or for worse, it is what it is, but um, but we need to, to find those ways that we engage and we spend time with God, whether it's in the word and you're like, I'm a big Bible study person. Do that. And as you're doing that, pray, God, joy, joy, joy. Maybe you need peace. Maybe you need life. Spend time with him. Another great way to spend time uh, with the Holy Spirit is using your spiritual gifts. Use your spiritual gifts. The special abilities the Spirit gives us, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. It is one Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. You want to spend time with the Holy Spirit? Use your spiritual gifts spiritually. That's it. You know, like for those actioners, those fixers, you know, like prayer for you, like I can pray, but I also need to do something else. Use your spiritual gift in a spiritual purpose. Okay, if you don't, and this is a whole nother sermon, like what your spiritual gift is, 
I'll give that to the, you know, to Stephen. You know, he can go through all of that. But if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, meet with a pastor. Like, let's figure out what your gifts are. And this isn't just like what you're good at. You know, like I liked playing soccer for a long time. So that, that is not my spiritual gift. I was pretty good, but it wasn't like the gift that the Lord had given me. You know what I'm saying? You know, gifts are like this love, joy, peace, patience. Those are, you know, things that you get when you use your spiritual gifts. So I use like teaching. Like when I teach, I get a lot of joy. I don't know if you've noticed, but I love to teach, especially teaching scripture. I get a lot of joy out of this. I love doing this. You know, or, uh, you know, I, I have the gift of encouragement. So when I can go and encourage someone and I can see that, you know, that they're encouraged and there's difference, that brings me a lot of joy. You know, or, uh, you know, service. I love to serve people. You know, I love to help people. So whenever I can do that, I get a lot of peace and joy and all that kind of stuff. So as I'm using my spiritual gifts, I'm also getting the fruit of the Spirit because it's, it's you know, spiritual gifts or things that we do and fruits of the Spirit are things that we are and those engaging together is what gives us these, these things that God has asked of us. So if you want to experience real joy and you're not just about pursuing happiness and all these different things, man, go find your spiritual gifts and go use them. Go do something with them. And not just in the church. I mean, this is great. Use them here. Please. We always need people. Like, use them here. But, man, the big thing is to use them out there. Go get out of here and go use them somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, go. You know? I don't know why that came out Canadian, but, you know. <laughs> I've been hanging out with you guys way too much. Jeez. Every now and again, it comes up. But, but get out of here and go do the things that God has, has told you to do. I used to work in schools. My spiritual gifts were as active there as they are working as a pastor. I used to work at camps. Same thing. Wherever you are, you need to be using your spiritual gifts in a spiritual way. You want to experience real joy and peace and life and love. Use your spiritual gifts in a spiritual way. Don't just do things you're good at because you are good at them. But use your spiritual gifts in a way that God is using you to minister to those around you. So I'm going to invite, go ahead and Christy, I'm supposed to invite you guys up while I'm doing my last thing. So get on up here. This is what I hope for you guys. I want you guys to seek joy through prayer and action. Stop settling for happiness. Happiness is awesome and it's hard to let it go because a lot of you are there. A lot of you are like, but I'm happy and I feel like things are going good. That's awesome. I mean, don't like go back into sadness because you're like, Genesis, not to be happy. Don't do that. But what I want for you is I don't want you to settle for happiness. I don't want that to be the bar, the standard for you guys. Because as soon as you lose things, or as soon as you change something that doesn't give you that feeling, it's meaningless. I want you guys to experience absolute, true joy. And the only way to get absolute, pure joy that's in the midst of everything, that doesn't matter what your circumstances are, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, is a production of the Holy Spirit. And to get and engage with him, use your spiritual gifts. Use the thing that God has created you to do. Ask God every day. God, give me joy. Because I'll tell you what, there are days that I do not feel it. And I wake up the next day and I prayed the night before and I wake up and I was like, that was a freaking miracle because I I did not feel it. You know what I'm saying? And I woke up and I had joy because it was the Lord that gave it. That's my prayer for you guys. So we're gonna, we're gonna worship one last time with the worship team here and, and I hope that as, as you worship that you find the joy and peace that God has for you.